The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So now I'll just offer a few reflections. And after that, we'll have plenty of time to discuss what's coming up in our practice, any questions or thoughts you have. So Sayadaw Utejaniya, uh, the Burmese master, tells us that awareness alone is not enough. This brings up the question, what else do we need? And one answer given in one of the suttas is that we need to be able to discern what will lead to long-term welfare and happiness and what will not. Most of us are here to alleviate suffering or stress in our lives. So here's what is expressed in an excerpt from a sutta in the Middle Links Discourses, number 135. This is the way leading to discernment. When visiting a contemplative or Brahmin to ask, what is skillful, venerable sir? What is unskillful? What is blameworthy? What is blameless? What should be cultivated? What should not be cultivated? What, having been done by me, will be for my long-term harm and suffering? Or what, having been done by me, will be for my long-term welfare and happiness? So the excerpt suggesting that we can learn from teachers which things are skillful and unskillful, and which which things are wise conduct, which things will lead to long-term welfare and happiness instead of suffering. And, of course, teachers and Dharma discussions can definitely help point us in the right direction. Having said that, though, our direct experiences during meditation and daily life with awareness are our most significant teachers. These experiences help us truly get to know what the teachers have pointed towards, but we have to experience it. So in the guided meditation we did at the beginning of this evening, there were invitations to notice with awareness what what is present, what else is here, and to recognize when something felt wholesome, when something felt unwholesome, without getting caught up in it. These are just pointers towards discerning what things will lead to long-term welfare and happiness. So through our meditation, our sitting practice, and our daily life mindfulness, we get to know um, our conditioning, our stress, our suffering. We get to understand what arises by means of this continued and renewed practice of awareness. And this unveils different layers or kinds of experience. So we practice sitting meditation and receiving experiences. Being alert to what's actually coming up right now in the mind. Um, Those are what I might call unfoldings of what we're experiencing. So we just continue to allow awareness to show us 
experience as it changes, and we can be very attentive as it becomes more apparent what's happening, rather than just kind of mentally checking off something that we see and then letting the mind drift. So instead of like, okay, pain, right. We stay with it and we renew the awareness and the attention. And that allows curiosity. That's a kind of curiosity that allows us to see what is actually happening in the mind. And that's different than trying to have certain types of experience. Um, perhaps you've noticed at times if you try to have an experience or you, you pursue it or force it, it just continues to elude you or it can lead to a lot of mental proliferation and more suffering. One big headache. <laughs> or it can lead to a kind of faking it when we're pretending to have the experience to ourselves, but some part of us knows we're not feeling it. An example of that might be what happens when restlessness is present during a sitting. We might be sitting and not realizing that we're not very present. Instead, a bunch of thoughts are arising. Ah, I really should have started this meditation earlier. I have so much to do. Or we might think specific thoughts about doing a certain task. And if we try to push those thoughts away, we might just get more uncomfortable, uh, feeling the tension of fighting our experience. If we sit really still kind of faking it um, while still feeling really tense and jumpy, we'll continue to experience mostly stress. But if instead we relax into allowing what is actually going on, recognizing restlessness, thinking, planning, allowing that that is what's happening and remaining aware of what else is arising with it, curiosity can show us more about the experience. So we could notice that our body's getting very tense as we're thinking, oh, I've got this to do, I've got that to do, or while we're trying to sit still, but really we're very restless. And that just that light curiosity helps us to recognize, oh, I'm starting to judge myself for being restless. But if we, if we sit down with an attitude of curiosity, an attitude of allowing awareness to arise and pass of this and that, it opens up wisdom. It shows us patterns of our conditioning. And this, this light touch of curiosity or investigation will show us more when conditions are ripe for it. And sometimes this comes after we've been aware of something arising again and again and again and again and again and again until finally the mind gets more curious. What, why this again? What's needed for this to let go? And as an example, the mind might get curious about the pattern of restlessness and see we've been spending most of our time every day rushing around and multitasking and that that is what is present when we sit down to meditate. Or sometimes an insight or an inspiration will spontaneously arise. Maybe we'll be aware there's a shift. Sometimes something's fallen away that used to be an affliction. So maybe we used to think, 
oh, I'm so restless. I can't do this meditation. But now we see restlessness is just a natural consequence of a busy day. And we might even have the insight that if we allow ourselves more time to unwind or even just make a mental note restlessness, every time we notice it in meditation, we start to watch it relax and fall away over the course of the meditation. So these are ways that awareness, curiosity can gradually allow us to discern what's helpful, what's more skillful, what leads to wisdom and freedom from suffering. So now there's plenty of time for your own experiences uh, with the meditation this evening, questions, anything that's going on for you either in this sitting or in daily life. And you can raise your hand, or if you're not visible on screen, you can unmute to share or to ask something. you please thank you thank you thank you i'm an introvert i'm very introverted and um, it's always been a problem for me as before covid going to in-person sangha meetings being in a in a room um Closed into a closed room with the door closed and with other people, I tend to tense up. They would, I get very nervous. And, um, um, and so the Zoom meetings have become as like a liberating experience for me because I'm still in a room, but it's a Zoom room and there, and your bodies. I can see them, but they're not right here in the room with me, and I'm not afraid of them. I'm not. Um, I, I feel much less guarded and uh, less um, uh, constrained, restrained, and um, hesitant uh, about um, revealing anything about myself or um, or, or expressing it. it my my feelings or um, my thoughts. Uh, so it's a lot easier here, but there's still there's still some uh, in, inhibition that takes place in me. And when I turn off my camera during our meditation period, I become even less restrained, more relaxed. I like to get up and move around. Sitting still, um, I, I feel tension. I get, I, I experience thinking coming on more and more thinking. If I can move, if I can do Tai Chi or yoga 
We're just slow walking or stretching parts of my body where retention comes, then um, I um, have a better, um, more relaxing experience with the meditation. And um, sometimes I feel like the way that's cheating, you know. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it feels good to me. Yeah. So it it keeps me from from thinking. I, I worry about thinking. Um, uh, I use more my my heart is more my guide than my mind. Um, I like to think of mindfulness of hurtfulness of the. I, I have an impression of having a a heart mind and a mind heart. And of those two, I really lean towards my heart mind. And it, and then my heart is my guide. So if an experience at the supermarket or with my family begins to give me a bad feeling, that to me, that's my, um, that's my alert to, well, what, what is this? What's happening now? Um, and to, um, whereas, um, so that, that I, I'm weary, I'm leery of thinking. I know that our talk tonight is about I'm supposed to be more discerning and to be um, somewhat. Uh, I worry: is that judgmental? Is that is that uh, if I go in that direction, will I start to measure and compare and? Uh, but I'm thinking, no, no, maybe I can be discerning without being judgmental, but I can just, um, um, if I can think about not, is this good or is it, are they good or are they bad? Is this experience a good or bad? But thinking, well, what is, is it leading to something wholesome? Is, is it nourishing? Um, or is it, or is it um, uh, not a bad idea, but an idea that will lead me to uh, suffering if I follow, if I go along with it? Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Hugh. I'm really appreciative of how much you're noticing. I mean, the, some of the things you described, like noticing the difference between being in a room full of people kind of close by and having the more spaciousness of the Zoom. Um, this is great recognition because uh, very often we are stimulated or we can be even overstimulated by the senses like the physical sense of closeness or sight. Um, and then um, I appreciate your comment about uh, wondering a little bit about discernment and thinking and you know, you're aware that thinking can sometimes lead you into areas you don't really find that wholesome. That's fantastic. You know, when we can, that's discernment. We don't even have to think about discernment. We can just, as you say, feel with the heart, Ugh, this is not leading anywhere good or, oh, this, you know, this feels better. This feels wholesome. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of what you've shared with the group. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Liz.
I'm curious. I'm, I'm guessing other people have uh, similar experiences or Padma. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I thought I was supposed to put in the questions on the website. So I did that <laughs> early on. Oh, but, um, but anyway, um, so I guess let me remember um, one of them was um, so, you know, sometimes when I'm practicing, it happened earlier when we were doing happy hour too. I get this um, feeling of like, I don't know. It's just like, it's not my head, but there's something up here. And then rest of my body, I don't even feel it. Like as if I'm like, like a feather floating and it just feels great. You know, um, my mind is not anywhere, but it's, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know how to explain that um, in words. So I was just wondering, is that a good part of the practice or am I, I don't know. Am I like on cloud nine or something? Well, <laughs> you know, First this, question. I have a second question. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go with the first one first. And I really appreciate you are noticing something about your, your head and your body. And I want to offer an opportunity for Lianchi, who is the co-teacher for this evening and, you know, has had this, this Thursday evening uh, for quite a long time. I want to offer a chance for her to share some wisdom about what you've shared. Oh, I can't quite hear you yet. Could you say a little more? Okay. There. Can you hear me better? Yeah, if it's closer or a little louder, it's better. Okay. All right. Um, so thank you, Lee, for giving me a chance uh, to uh, participate. And uh, Padma, is that is that how I say it correctly? Padma? Yeah, I think I still can't hear you well, but yeah. Yes. Um, so... Um, the question is, you feel somewhere in here, but you don't feel the body. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not even head. It's just like, whatever, I'm, I'm sitting somewhere here and then the rest of the body. Outside is just of here. your body, in front of, right here. Yeah. Uh, I see. Uh, and then your question, is that a good thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you feel good about it? Oh, I do. Yeah, it feels great. It's like, you know. Okay. Um, so... Before I answer the question, um, I would like to ask you, um, um, how, what the purpose of meditation for you? Um, learning more about myself and being, you know, um, not let my mind run run the run my life. <laughs> ah, I see. Okay, um, so. Um, when we meditate, usually I'm assuming that you um, take one point or at least um, take uh, anapana, the, like, um, following the breath. So whatever object that when we meditate and we keep coming back to the same object, we create a condition for the mind to be still. And when the mind being still, sometimes the mind do not think about shape or um, form. So when we, the mind do not think about shape or form or concept, then that when you don't feel the body, mm. you don't think about the body, but you only have the feeling. Mm-hmm. And when, because the feeling is that you don't think about concept, but you do still because there's awareness, you still feel the feeling and that when you only feel it somewhere outside. Mm. You, 
because you don't have concept of the shape or your body. That's mm-hmm. what a lot of people feel it right here. And some people feel it right here. So it depends on a person. Like when people like concentrate, let's say somebody concentrate, they feel like they concentrate right here. Then usually when they don't have the concept in the mind, they feel the feeling right here. And people, when they concentrate, they feel it right here, then or right down here, then they feel the feeling in that point. Mm. So it's the memory of the location, but that memory is not in the shape or concept. That's how it happened. Mm. Um, and then um, the reason I'm asking you about uh, what your purpose of meditation is you don't want to let the thinking mind run your life because of that your tendency the tendency of your mind will not think when you meditate so that create the condition for the mind being still mm-hmm. yeah and okay. then when you have the mind being still and you feel good about it so uh, a lot of people don't have any problem with like feeling good in meditation or let the mind rest when you feel when you meditate then mm-hmm. that's just fine it okay. actually suits your purpose then that's okay i guess okay. yeah so i graduated that i don't need to do meditation i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no actually that's that yes no i mean again it just it happens like fraction of i mean it's like like a spur of moments you know where i'm doing it of course not every time you know um so there were but um thank you thank you so much so um if you want to continue that happen more and more and it's so easy it just relax your body and then coming back to your primary mm-hmm. object and whenever you have a thinking mind arise just push it aside and then come back if you want mm-hmm. the mind being still Thank you. Thank you. Um, my, is it okay to ask the second question? I guess. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I want to make a note. Hugh, I had another thing I wanted to share with you about movement during meditation while moving. It's great. So then let, remind me to come back to it. Please go ahead, Padma. So the other question I have is, of course, you know, it's a total shift from what I was asking earlier. Um, so, you know, there's something I've been face facing like you know especially with the neighbor just being very hostile in nature and communications and you know it kind of bothers me a lot like especially if it you know it's somebody that I don't even know well so I'm trying to analyze that and see okay why is it bothering me more so is that how I should be analyzing or like you know are do more of letting go because it's happening every single day you know so how do i use the practice to kind of get through that that phase so uh, if i'm understanding correctly you're noticing every day that the communication from the neighbor towards you is kind of hostile and it really bothers you Mm-hmm. So what's arising is some some kind of thinking or uncomfortable. Is it an uncomfortable physical sensation? Is it an emotion? Is it a thought? Is it all three? What what's what's there? All three. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, in the, I mean, when it first started, it was all three. It's kind of lessened a little bit more. Um, today is a better day. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm just going to let it go and just agree to whatever it is and let's move on kind of a thing, you know? And then I also am going into, my thought is going into more. So I've been, you know, doing the morning meditation and this week is with Matthew, uh, uh, right, the teacher. And he's talking about the mortality and, you know, that concept this week. And then part of me was thinking is like, God, we don't even know if we're going to live tomorrow. <laughs> Why are these people like this? And, and I'm like, you know what? I want to live today and let me not, this bother me. I'll deal with it if it comes again tomorrow. But again, that thought stays for a short time. And again, I'm just, it's kind of uh, bothering me. So somewhat, suff- you know, the suff- suffering mode, you know. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you're noticing it's lessening a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing that you're being aware. Oh, this is bothering me. And you're being aware of it in all three, uh, lots of different areas. Mind, heart, body. Mm-hmm. So, some part of what you said in recognizing, oh, you know, we could die tomorrow. Why are people doing this? You know, what what relationship does that have to your reason for practicing? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um. just invite you to be continue to be curious about that mm-hmm. you know that thought seemed to bring some like oh why are people doing this it sounded a little bit like maybe something shifted slightly mm-hmm. just being aware of what you know when you're thinking this is bothering me what's going on Really allowing yourself to be aware of that, not to try and make it go away, but to be aware of what is really there. Some of these things, you know, that we don't, they don't just stop because we're practicing. We have to discover more. And by remaining aware of what is actually here, it will unfold itself. Mm-hmm. And I um, appreciate any additions that Lianchi has to that. Um, yes, I would like to offer a little bit more. In have you heard of the term of right view? No. Okay. Right view in meditation is mean seeing whatever happened as processes, not personal, but processes. So whatever people said. And you think about that is like um, he said this and he bothering me and what. So all of whatever you heard from him or her, and then there's thought arise in your mind, and that thoughts create the feeling in the mind and the body. So if you see that as processes from contact, sixth and door contact, with the outside object, create thought arising, and when thoughts arise, feeling follow. Mm-hmm. If you see in that a sequence of things happening, then you can see this is nature. And if 
you can see the nature happening in you, same thing. It will be nature happening to him or her. So it depends on the way we view the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's become a problem or it just become things unfold. So like, like Lee said, if you allow yourself to really observe, like your question earlier is how do you bring practice into this? So if you want to bring practice into this, just allow yourself to continue the body and the mind and the heart, continue with that pattern because it's happened many times, as you said. But this time, bring the view into it a step back and seeing that a process is happening. And that is practice. Okay. okay. I kind of saw it as more like, uh, you know, like I said, lesson today because I was seeing it more like, okay, I think I'm feeling it because it's me, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I am feeling it's like ego, right? Then I'm like, you know what? I think I need to let the ego go and let, let his ego go, you know? So then I think it felt a little better to I'm like, that's what I was saying. Like, I think I kind of attached it to mortality too. It's like, you know, why am I thinking I, I, I you know, I, I may not exist tomorrow, right? So I'm going to let that go and let his I win, you know? So that kind of felt a little better. I mean, there's a financial part attached to it, but I said, you know what? That's fine. If that amount of money gave me peace today, let that go, you know? So it felt a little better, but I just wanted to see, like, is that the right approach I'm thinking or, you know what I mean? So, you know, what's nice about what you said is that, um, you all, it almost sounded like you noticed that you were going out and bothering it. <laughs> Sometimes our own minds go out and, you know, are like that thing, that thing is just, or that person, that person. And that's a great recognition. It's part of the pattern that Lanchi's encouraging you to notice. So thanks, Padma. This is great. Thank you. I just want to say one thing. It's, because I was listening to, whenever things bother me, I go and listen to either Dharma Talks or like Hot Tolai. So I've been listening to his podcast last few days. And it just shifted my mindset a little bit. Thank you. Wonderful. Um, so what I wanted to offer uh, as well, I'm sorry if, it, you know, having the afterthought, Hugh, and not having it right at the moment. But um, when you mentioned that you, uh, movement helps you. Um, it brought up one of the things that Sayadaw Tejaniya shared once is, I don't do mindful walking. I'm mindful while I'm walking. <laughs> so something like that. I'm not paraphrasing it perfectly. But we, we do mindfulness. You know, we can be as mindful and as aware if we're moving around. And if that's useful to us, that's, a, you know, that's awareness. Or if we're sitting still, that's awareness. It's all valuable. So doing what supports your body, I just wanted to encourage it. Thank you, Liz. It's great. <laughs> I appreciate the encouragement. I feel less guilty about doing it. Right. Off. I don't want them to see me going to stretch it up. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be really good. I, I have had large periods um, where or long periods where walking and being aware of whatever's arising while walking was the best thing for me. Sitting still was just not the thing for me at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and the, and the Buddha said, 
be mindful while standing, sitting, lying down. Basically, he was encouraging us to be mindful whatever posture we're in, whatever we're doing. Mm. Mm. So great. And just want to offer a, an opportunity for our call-in folks. Um, uh, Kita Khan, thank you for your question or your comment before. I responded to him via chat. So you can always ask questions um, by unmuting or by chat. And I'm recognizing we've already had quite a full evening. So thank you all for your practice. Thank you for being here. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you both. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you, Sangha. Night, Hugh. Hello. 